Ya ni duermo al saber que a mi lado no estás Noches de llanto Preguntándole a la vida si volverás Y sufro como no te imaginas Amor, tengo sentimiento Dime cómo aguantar tanto dolor Y te vas sin decirme nada Sin saber por qué Dime la verdad si fui el que fallé Perdóname, solo quisiera ver Tu corazón Discussions with Diamond podcast. And right now we are at episode 127. I can't believe it. Uh, it's been so long. And tonight we're taking it all the way to the Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania area. We are talking with the one and only Jessica Taylor. 
Hello, hello, Jessica. Thank you so much for coming to the platform tonight. Thanks for having me, Diamond. I'm so glad to be here. Absolutely. I mean, of course, people know you as Jessica, but also people know you as DJ Tay from the For the Love of Bachata events. And, you know, for me, as we've talked as well privately, I really wanted to have you on because you being an organizer of one of many events that people absolutely adore, uh, you being a avid dog lover, uh, I, I definitely had to have you on and really get to know you more. But I mean, so many of my friends have talked about you, about your events, and I'm, I'm really glad that we get to celebrate the success of another artist here. Thank you. That really means a lot. Absolutely. And, you know, as we always do on the podcast, understanding the success that we see currently, but I think it's also really important understanding uh, who the person is beyond what they do in the public eye, really understanding the human aspect of things. And, you know, as I always start all my podcasts is that first question of understanding. And it goes like this, Jessica, can you tell us who is Jessica Taylor before bachata, before dance, before it all? Oh, gosh. Um, it has been so long since my identity did not have dance attached to it. Um, before dance, I was a student. I knew I wanted to be a teacher. I didn't know what I wanted to teach. And eventually, um, the way it, it worked out, I became a Spanish teacher. I became a Spanish teacher to elementary students, which has been really fun. Um, I have always enjoyed traveling. I've enjoyed being outside, um, having new experiences and being around people. Um, yeah, I guess that that's, that's who I am. <laughs> I mean, and, you know, for me, talking to many artists and organizers over this past year, especially understanding it, it, it wasn't always about dance. Dance for some dance has been in their life, whether it's in a family aspect at the, uh, the parties we go to or some have been classically trained. Uh, but realizing certain people are just, you know, kind of run of the mill, normal people with normal lives and uh, dance kind of just happens at a later time. So understanding from that when kind of when did dance kind of fall into your lap per se or how did it really kind of impact you to start getting more involved or maybe even taking classes um so college was my first opportunity to really act on something that i i knew was inside because i was so inspired by like movies that had salsa dancing in it mm -hmm. and now looking back i realize that's not really the same thing that we do now um, <laughs> so badly wanted to dance. And then, so when I was in college, actually my last year, I got more involved with a Latino student organization mm -hmm. and the friends I made there started teaching me, right? So I learned my first salsa steps, my first bachata steps. I learned merengue all with mm -hmm. them, um, which was really great, but I wouldn't officially like join a dance community until like two years later um, mm -hmm. because I was, doing student teaching, I was graduating, yeah. getting my job, and then I was silly enough to immediately sign up for a graduate program. <laughs> <laughs> so um, after that program, I dove headfirst into the dance world and it, starting in Pittsburgh and mm. haven't looked back since. 
Wow. And it's, it's interesting because, like you said, coming from Pittsburgh, most people would, uh, when you think of like Pennsylvania, you, most people think of Philly. But realizing there is a dance community in Pittsburgh. So give us an understanding from yourself of, you know, being, of course, new to the community at that point. What was it like back in those days? Oh, gosh. Um, salsa was king mm. back then. And I mean, I started for salsa. That was what I wanted. Yeah. So I was perfectly fine with it, you know, and I still love salsa. People forget that about me because I promote bachata. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, everything was salsa dominant. Um, they were also at that time, I don't know, it was a really great time because we had a lot of really high level dancers. Mm -hmm. We were also on the social level, we were very clicky. Um, mm. So it was kind of hard to like find my place in the community for a while. Um, it, it's so interesting to look back because it feels so different now. Everything has changed. But yeah, I mean, I mean at that time it was, it was salsa and if you were lucky, you got like two to four bachatas a night. Mm. <laughs> and I love your honesty because whether it's in New York, whether it's in California, uh, East, West, North, South, wherever you gauge it, I've heard the same exact notion of when people remembered, and again, that term of when salsa was king and bachata was just in very few rooms. Maybe if it was in the salsa room, it was like a break song and giving people a little break, get some water, get a new t-shirt maybe, but realizing how far the bachata community has grown from where we've seen it. And also you being another artist that I've known that originally started in salsa. And I've noticed some of the world-renowned even teachers we see were first salsettos and salseras before they even got into the bachata world. So I find that interesting. So, you know, like you said, going from your first classes, but getting really involved two years after, um, what was that transition like for you? Was there a specific school you went to or you kind of just went to outdoor or indoor events and kind of just mingled from there? Oh gosh, I was way too scared to start social dancing right away. Um, so I found lessons, which was actually like hard at the time to, to get clear information about where classes were. So mm -hmm. I found one studio um, and I started lessons with a teacher and that's where I made my first like salsa friend. Her name yeah. is Amanda. She now lives in Philly. But um, she was like my wing woman that made me feel mm. safe to go or like brave enough to go social dancing. And, yes. and once you are brave enough to do that and you meet more people, that's when you get all that information about, oh, well, so-and-so also does classes, you know. So over that first couple of years, um, I think I took group lessons with everybody and mm. I also found an instructor to take private lessons with. So a question that I have as well is, you being a woman in this dance scene, what were those initial experiences like for you within going to socials and meeting new people? Was it kind of an easy transition or did you have kind of those moments that were kind of like, uh, I don't know how far I want to go with this? Oh gosh, I'm not even sure if I can remember clearly what I was thinking. Um, I mean, I definitely never envisioned myself to be where I am now. Mm -hmm. Oh, I thought I would just forever be a social dancer. Yeah. And I did from from the get-go. I loved it. 
You know, it was mm. like locking like another, you know, window in my soul, <laughs> you know, but it's hard to remember exactly what that feeling was, but I don't think I thought it was temporary at all. Mm. Yeah. Cause I mean, there's always those dancers or, yeah, I would say that there's two different paths you're going to take, whether you're going to actually more take it serious and take more classes, train, maybe eventually perform or social dancing is really more your focus. So, you know, you being a Sasetta, of course, in the beginning, when did that kind of transition uh, into kind of the bachata world come about? Um, when did that transition happen? Well, right away, my first, um, the, the salsa instructor that I was taking privates with, he also loved bachata. Mm -hmm. And um, he would perform bachata at different festivals. So he got me to go to DC Bachata Congress. Um, Lee, he actually, Lee and Kat also came to Pittsburgh that year, and I think they were giving away passes. So I went to DC Bachata Congress. Um, obviously, that was eye-opening, and I came back like, y'all, do you know what's going on? <laughs> he was like, do you know how much music yeah. is out there? Like, do you know how good this dance can be? And I just came back. I was like that person, like everybody, mm. like travel, like you, you got to go see what's out there. And it, you know, it felt like... I don't know, like I was chicken little, like the sky is falling. <laughs> Stop that. Like, we don't want to hear what you have to say, you know? So I think that's eventually what led to me becoming a promoter and an organizer. Mm. I was just like, but it's out there. Like, listen to me. It's out there. There's this good music, like start playing more music. And, you know, the, the people that had been here for so long were like, no, no, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, that that was <laughs> that was how that happened. Wow, and to hear that it was that event, the DC Bachata Congress, and big shout out to Lee and Kat, especially when they do DCBX, and realizing uh, that event alone, I think yearly everyone kind of marks in their calendar, and for you to kind of that be your kind of initial congress to go to and kind of open your eyes to things, I find that fascinating because that kind of lifestyle in three days and. Partying and dancing till wee hours in the morning. Um, all I can say is an ex it's an experience. So, like you said, getting that inspiration from them. So, you creating for the love of bachata. How did the name actually come about? Oh, that's an interesting story. So, <clears throat> months after, maybe like a year after, I can't keep up with the timeline. I guess probably like more than a year after myself and like some other people were mm -hmm. most follows were going to DC and we were really loving, you know, our bachata experiences. Um, this other girl, she posted in the Pittsburgh salsa community group on Facebook, like something to the effect of like, why do people just not love bachata here? Like it is mm. so good. I love it. I want to dance it more, but every time someone tries to start a bachata night, it fails for one reason mm. or the other what's going on and it just started this shit storm in the <laughs> and you know i was trying not to engage because i i try to remind myself like at all stages that i don't always know everything so i'm just reading the comments you know with people who are hardcore bachata haters you know and you know just saying bachata is not worthy it's not a complex dance it's like not a mm. cool dance the music's not good and just like listening to the back and forth, I had this epiphany. I was like, they need to hear more music. Like our DJs yeah. being 20 songs, like that is 
all the bigger that their collection is, mm -hmm. they need to hear more music. So um, the name kind of came as like a reaction, kind of like for the love of God, but instead like <laughs> love of bachata, like seriously, yeah. you know, it was kind of at first an, an expression of um, like frustration or like mm -hmm. exhaustion kind of with it. Like, yeah. So yeah, that's when I started the Facebook page. And at first I was just sharing YouTube videos with songs to try to get people to listen to music. Yeah. Wow. And hearing that and understanding how that moment was created, uh, realizing through kind of a social media aspect of just trying to find a terminology to use for that moment uh, and realizing how from that it became really a movement, I think. Um, for me, being a Sacero, transitioning, going more into the bachata world, from my personal opinion, what really struck was that the same people who condemned it started dancing it and started now becoming teachers. And because they saw the avenue, they saw that, you know, there was so many salsa teams, there weren't enough bachata teams. Uh, for me, also, I noticed the Congress... Um, atmosphere was almost night and day in, in the sense it's weird because you know it's a, the, the same structure but just the atmosphere the music is different and also too I think I noticed was of course we love the traditional bachata even now the modern music but then also the remixes also the central bachata the different styles of it I think it was an attention seeker and it grabbed people in um, and, and really realizing like you said from your Pittsburgh community kind of wondering, you know, where's the love for bachata? Who really understands it and, and appreciates it now having an event of your own? So my question to you is, what was it like your first event for the love of bachata, your first official event with people there? What was that experience like for you? Okay. So it depends on what we're calling official. So my first event with mm -hmm. like a social. Yeah was outside on Mount Washington, which is this gorgeous overlook of the city in Pittsburgh. And it started because I had, for a while, I'd been just actually copying somebody else's idea. They said at night, <laughs> have a speaker and they go dance like blues up on Mount Washington. I was like, Ooh, that's a good idea. So I would like, you know, get a couple of friends together. We'd go, we'd dance salsa and bachata. Um, and one time I posted pictures and people were like, Oh, you you didn't invite me. Like I feel left out. Like, well, <laughs> I was like, all right, all right, I'll do it again at the end of the month. And what went from like 15 people, which I thought was a lot, was yeah. 115 people. It mm. just it it exploded. And from there it was just like, oh, okay, so we got to do this again. Like, where can we do it? And we did it at the point, um, which is, you know, we in Pittsburgh we have three rivers. So the point is the piece of land. Um right at the Delta where yes. the rivers merge. Um, and there's a beautiful fountain. And that's also how I learned you need to have permits for these things. You can't, <laughs> you can't just take a hundred <laughs> wherever you want. Um, so yeah, but I, that kind of got the ball rolling from there. Man, and even before we keep going, we have to give a big shout out to Biscuit all the way from the London area showing us love here. Um, and realizing, too, again, how dance really changes our lives for the better. And like you said, having that that moment of, you know, from a photo and someone saying, I wish I was there now, having people coming to your event, 
So, you know, through the years or through the times of you having this event, now having it in an indoor space, now having a lot more of the community involved, what was it like having that event where you had some of those teachers that people see on viral videos coming to your space and teaching the masses? What were those moments like for you now? Um, I don't know. They, they've all been great, you know, because by the time I've brought most of these people, they've already become my friends and my mentors, you know, like Carlos Cinta was, he was the second artist I ever brought. And he 100% changed the trajectory of For the Love Bachata because I start just like everybody else in 2010, I started with modern bachata, you know, I loved it. And then he started introducing me to, um, Edwin Ferreras, Daniela Grosso, Adam Taub, you know, um, and it, he he expanded my world. And once I attended this event in 2014 called Toronto Beats that mm. Carol Cuison from iFreestyle organized with Carlos Cinta, it, it was done. Like For La Bachata was on the like, yeah, <laughs> you know, so I don't know. It, it's just, it's been amazing to kind of learn from them as I go and mm -hmm be able to bring them to inspire my people, but also to continue inspiring myself. Absolutely. I mean, <laughs> you now being an organizer, I think taking that role, not just being just a novice dancer, socialite, but now being having that responsibility of having a space where people can come and, and dance. My question to you is, how does it feel being a woman who is an event organizer? And, and as I say that, I know we've talked as well because I really appreciate the representation that more women are getting of being event organizers because I think especially in our salsa world and you know bachata world, we need that representation. I feel it's there, but I think we just need to shed more light on it. So really the question is, how has it been being a woman that owns an event and kind of has that influence on a community? Do you see it kind of different? Or like, have you gotten people just asking for advice or trying to understand what it feels like? Um, I don't know. It's hard to separate what is because of my gender and what is because I was new to something at the time. Mm -hmm. Because I feel, I mean, my whole life experience is as a woman, so I don't really know what it would feel like as a man. Yeah. But I do know that if I had had like a boyfriend or mm -hmm. a dance partner at that time, I would have been super comfortable doing what many follows and partnerships do all the time, mm -hmm. take the back seat, doing all the background work and letting him be the persona. Because for me, mm -hmm. it was really hard for me to really be the leader and be the faith. Mm -hmm. you know, I tried to kind of hide behind the word we in post, like we mm -hmm. are doing. Um, I tried, you know, I didn't really like speaking in front of crowds, but mm -hmm. that allowed for me to be taken advantage of from some people that just saw, you know, the potential of dollar signs. You know, some yeah. people, they were not mad if someone misattributed my work to them. They were not mad about mm -hmm. it or even later wanted to absorb my company under theirs. You know, so I had, a, you know, I don't know. It's kind of hard to know, like I said, what was because I was new and they were yeah. playing mentor, but really wanting to have control or mm. what because I was a woman and, and people inherently perceive women as maybe 
not as capable. I don't know. It's hard to say. Yeah, because and, and the reason I do ask that because a lot of the women that I've had on, we've had those talks of whether it's representation, whether it's sexism, and realizing for me as a male, I'm very supportive of having more women organizers because I know there are there, but a lot of times you just see this only just the same ones. But seeing people like yourself that have grown within the community, uh, see what the community loves and want to give back to them. I think that's really special. So now my question is, um, you're having this event. Now, you know, you have these events that people love going to. For you then now also traveling, what have been some of your favorite events to go to besides For the Love of Bachata? Hmm. Oh, that's hard. Okay, so of course mm -hmm. I always love going to Toronto. Like I said, Toronto Beats was an awesome yeah. event. Um, Dame Tu Bachata, which was organized by Arawaku and mm -hmm. Peter D'Souza of Mambo Beat Photography and Francisco Garcia, um, DJ Cisco. Those events were iconic. But also in the States, Baltimore Salsa Bachata Congress has been amazing. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, DC Bachata Congress has, has had a huge impact on me. Mm -hmm. um, my gosh, I feel like I'm going to forget something because it's just been so long since I've been to. Uh, there have been, I feel like there have been so many. I mean, between mm. small events. Oh, um, Upstate New York Latin Dance Fest organized mm. by Karen Price was always so fun. Um, so I liked the small events and I also had great times at some of the larger events, too. Absolutely. And it was something also that we talked about uh, privately about how you feel like the Pittsburgh community is a little more closer to the Ohio community than it is the Philly community. I mean, could you kind of expound on that? Because I found that actually like, wow, and really just surprising. I mean, it sounds surprising even to me, like when I say it out loud, because Pittsburgh and Philly are Pennsylvania, but Philly is realistically like a five hour drive away. But Cleveland mm. is a two hour drive away. Columbus is a three hour drive away. Cincinnati is just as far as Philly. So, um, and, and there's also been some really amazing events in, in Cleveland, like Salsa, um, yeah, Salsa Duro uh, mm -hmm. by Efrain, DJ Efrain. Uh, people from all over Ohio and Michigan and West Virginia, mm -hmm. and obviously Pittsburgh as well. We would all meet up there and Baila Duro. Sorry, I'm called it the wrong name. Baila Duro. Sorry, Efrain. <laughs> <laughs> it's been so long, um, but you know, it, it was just so much easier to drive two hours to that event and connect mm. with all the Ohio people than it is sometimes to drive four or five hours or six hours into you know Jersey to connect with with those dance scenes. Absolutely, absolutely. So you know, you being an organizer for many years, and now with COVID, especially last year hitting and kind of just rearranging our whole dance community um, on its head, but now us slowly finding some sense of normalcy. What have kind of been the biggest lessons that you have learned as an organizer within your community? Through COVID? Through Me? COVID. Through COVID. Mm. That's a hard one. I mean, I feel like this year has 
taught us so many things about so many things. Like we saw with COVID who was in it because they care about people, who was in it because they, you know, prioritize money. And I'm not knocking people needing to pay their bills because I mm-hmm. get it, you know, but um, I think there was kind of a split there yeah. a little bit. Um, but I mean, we also had a huge year, you know, an eye-opening year for social justice. And for me, that was also really impactful to see who's not been saying anything, who's not been working on themselves, who's not standing up for social justice through their platform. You know, like, I don't know. I want my events to be safe for everybody. That means I need to stay aware of what I'm doing and, you know, what information I'm taking in, because that's going to come out through what I do. Um, But it also makes me as a consumer aware of who I'm supporting, right? So this year has been uh, eye-opening. Yes, I I believe eye-opening to say the least. Um, I I totally agree with you, but I think really also with this year, like you said, it's just, I think it's been very revealing. It's really helping us understand, like you said, uh, when times are really tough, who really cares about the community or who just cares about their pocket? And it's just in, in all actuality, that's really how simple it is because I'm talking to these same people, understanding where their heads are at. And of course, I want people to have fun, but I would love people to be safe and be safety a priority first. Because as, as you see, um, as we find a sense of normalcy, as vaccines are coming out, as events are popping up, you know, my hope is that our community flourishes positively in the right direction and it allows organizations like yours to flourish instead of regress you know i really do hope for the best but i definitely agree with you that you know we we've seen people who have acted on things and people that have kind of been at the wayside um so i think again it is very revealing um and at least before we get into one of our last segments called the randoms is a few questions i have is um one thing I love about your profile, I would say, is your love for your dog. Uh, I know you're a dog lover. Um, me, and, me and other friends have like commented it on your dog photos. I mean, what is it? What is the life like for a Rottweiler owner? My gosh. Um, well, my current puppy is, she's a special one. I swear she has ADHD. So it's been, (laughs) I don't know how many months, four months, five months since I've gotten her. I got her in Mm -hmm. February. Um, Usually they are so sweet, so loyal. And and that is something I see with her now. She's learning to calm down a bit. You know, she lays on, on my toes. She always wants to be near me. Um, they, you know, they don't, they tend not to run away from their people because they want to be with you. Mm-hmm. One, like I said, she's still a baby. <laughs> she <laughs> it a little bit. Um, but yeah, I think right now I just have the puppy blues because she's just so hyperactive and she struggles to focus. But normally they're wonderful dogs. Um, mm-hmm. They can be a little bit of like the fun police, which doesn't <laughs> be around dancing because if yeah. you're dancing they you know the, one of the yeah. things we were bred for was herding and like driving cattle so they i always joke that it's like you're being like a bad cow if you're dancing mm. they start jumping and barking yep. and you to like sit down so 
Um, but it, it's, it's fun. It's, it's having a big loving teddy bear all the time. Absolutely. I mean, me, myself, I'm a dog lover. Used to have a Rottweiler, now a King Corso, going back to another one in a few years. So, yeah, I definitely know. Corso now. Yeah, I mean, no, I used to have a Corso. I had a Rottweiler and a Corso at one point, uh, waiting a few years to get another one. But, you know, anyone that shows love to their dogs and posts them, I mean, I just fall in love because, hey, who doesn't love dogs? I mean, uh, I mean, I know a lot of people who don't, but, <laughs> but you know, it is what it is. So. My last question, actually, before we get into the segment I have called The Randoms is, through everything you've seen kind of through your spectrum, what do you feel or what would you like the outcome to be, say, for instance, a year from now within our dance community or within your own dance community? Oh, that's a big question. Um, I think in another year, I would like for us to be back to events as normal. Hopefully that could be true. But when we come back, one thing I, I really in my heart would like is that we, we rebuild better events, that mm -hmm. we don't just rush to put on the old events yeah. as they were. Because even right before COVID, we were also having, you know, in the dance community, we were having talks about sexual harassment. Absolutely. You know, and, and it feels like with, with COVID, that has all been forgotten. Mm. You know, at work, like, you know, right before COVID, I had just um, had an HR specialist redo my whole code of conduct so that mm. there's, you know, accountability built in, like nobody's allowed to be making my people feel uncomfortable. If you, yeah. you know, have three incidents, you're out, you know? Um, and I just, I see some of these first events that are popping up are, are just rushing to get back. And mm. I would really love it if we could make them safer places for everybody. Mm, absolutely. I mean, spoken from a genuine organizer who cares about her community. And, you know, again, I really do hope, again, that For the Love of Chata is back safe and sound, and we can all enjoy this wonderful event. And now it brings us to our closing segment called The Randoms, which is about a few questions I have that allows myself and the audience to get to know you a little bit better. So Jessica, let me know when you are ready. I'm as ready as I'm ever gonna be. <laughs> All right, number one, what, what is bachata? Mm, bachata is a style of music originating in the Dominican Republic that has roots in bolero campesino. It is also a style of dance and it was given the name bachata, not originally, but later on as a slur um, because it was danced by people in the countryside as like a bachata was a, a gathering. Um, and now it's a dance sensation all around the world with multiple styles in music and dance. Mm. Man, just hit the nail on the head. Felt like I was in class again, getting a, <laughs> man, I'm interested. All right, next question is, tell me one memorable moment from For the Love of Bachata, just one. Mm. Oh, okay, this is a fun one. Um, so the first time the police shut us down because we were too loud. 
<laughs> I, I can't complain. That's not a bad thing. Because as a teacher, I was like, oh no, 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 oh no, 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 I can't, I can't get in trouble. Like, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it was so funny because also like the people were just having so much fun. Like they really didn't care. I was mm -hmm. was stressed, but I was like, everybody like shh. <laughs> we got we got shut down. Like it was like half an hour early. It wasn't the end of the world, but um. It's kind of funny to look back on and people as they were leaving, they're like, you know, in Penn State, they say, like, it's not a good party if the police don't come. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my, I, I love it. I love uh, I mean, hey, a noise complaint. I, I'll take that. I'll take that. All right. Next question is for you, Jessica. You're on the dance floor. What is a huge turnoff for you when you are dancing with someone? Hmm. Huge turn-offs. Um, I think not connecting with your partner. Hmm. You know, like just dancing at your partner and not dancing hmm. with your partner. That's a huge turn-off. I, I definitely agree with you 110%. All right, next question is, what is one event? If you could be at right now, what would it be? And you can't say for the love of bachata. Okay. Um, I would say Baltimore Sasa Bachata Congress because they hire mm. all my homies and we have so much fun at that event. Absolutely. Big shout out to Raj Moore. Raj Moore, we miss you, man. All right. Next question is, if you could have one dance, who is it with? Mm. Okay, I'm going to pick, and I talked about this with somebody recently, um, I think on my podcast, we talked about it, Yernan Flores from Dominican Republic mm. is one of my all-time favorite dancers. I met him when I went to Bachata Paradise in 2019. Um, he dances all the styles, but he was just so much fun, so respectful, you know, like, it, you know, it was just two humans meeting through the music. Mm. Uh, it was really lovely. Man, that, that sounds like... That sounds like an experience to me. I definitely love hearing that. Next question is, Jessica, if you could have a superpower, what is it? Hmm, that There's great responsibility in any power you choose. Um, mm. I think teleportation. Mm. That would be the best. Just to, you know, like, oh, I want to be at that party. Like, bam. I'm in Sweden for the night. Like, oh, you know, but I got to work on it. <laughs> All right. I, I like that. I'm assuming the dog is coming with you. Or maybe the dog has to. Uh, she can stay with grandma. She, okay. And she's the fun police. So. <laughs> All right. All right. Perfect. All right. This next question is a little different. What is maybe the biggest misconception about you? No, I don't know what the biggest misconception of me now is, but I know. So when I was newer to promotion, mm -hmm. a couple people made it very clear that they thought I was arrogant mm. and like probably the most insecure of my life in that time period. Um, but I don't, I don't know if it was just because I, I dare be a promoter as a woman or like yeah. at the time I had removed my last name from social media and I was just Jessica Bachatera. Um, and that was really to just be covert from like the parents of my students who were also in the dance community. Yeah. Um, 
But I don't know. Like that was something that I remember people saying that I was just like, that doesn't feel true. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. People say now, but um, that's a misconception that has been true. Or I mean, been said. No, I mean, that makes, I definitely understand that. All right. Next question is, what was the motivation to becoming DJ Tay? There was no motivation. There was just a lot of people <laughs> pushing. <laughs> okay. Okay. I was I was very content making my iTunes playlist at my event. Oh, you wait, were you YouTube people? Like, you know, you're on YouTube, maybe two different browsers trying to mix no, songs. YouTube. I would make I would pre-plan my playlist and think about mm. MG and, and all that. Um and then I would adjust it throughout the night. But you know, people mm. kept coming, they were like, You think like a DJ, you need to start DJing. And I was like, Nope. You know, you th- and the, they just kept coming, like Matteo yeah. Jackson of um, Motion Envy mm-hmm. was one of the first people that was like, you need to be a DJ. And then there were others. So there was just a lot of people pushing me. And I was mm-hmm. like, all right, I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, sometimes you all you need is a little push. So <laughs> that definitely helps. All right. Next question is. If you could be at one event right now, but you could only have one performance you can see, who's on stage right now? Mm, one performance. Um, gosh, all the ones I think of are people who are no longer together. Okay, actually, I'm gonna choose this one. Um, I would love to see Ramon and Divna perform again. Ooh. I would love to see that because they were magic on stage. Yes. Yes. Po- I would say more like poetry in motion. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Big, definitely big shout out to Ramon. He's doing amazing work in Bulgaria. Uh, definitely, Ramon, we do miss you and Divna. And now it brings me to my last question. And definitely, this is for you. The last question goes like this What goes down at the For the Love of Bachata events. For the novice person coming in, let them know what they can expect. Uh, all right, you're gonna hear some amazing music all night, guaranteed. There are gonna be tons of wonderful, loving people that mm-hmm. are generally really happy to dance with everybody and to meet new people. Um, there's going to be lots of good vibes all night long. And then we're always going to end the night with some like R&B jams and everything. So, yeah. Oh man. DJ Tay on the ones and twos right now. Uh, (laughs) Definitely giving me just like social withdrawals. And, you know, I definitely hope, like you said in the future that, you know, some normalcy, we can have these events up and running. And I thank you again for doing this segment because I feel I get to learn a lot more about the artists and the guests rather than just what they do on a stage or in the public eye, but getting to see who they are as human beings. So definitely thank you. And and now it brings us to the conclusion of our talk tonight. And honestly, from start to finish, I've enjoyed every moment, understanding who you are, Jessica, as a person, not just as a DJ, not just as an event organizer, but again, as a person. And you know, for me, just seeing your journey and seeing that it's still growing, I definitely hope that we can have you on definitely for the future. Thank you so much. I've enjoyed this too. Absolutely. And at least before we go, if you had any last few words for myself in the audience, but also contact info 
or where they can reach you to learn more about For the Love of Bachata? Sure. Um, last words. Well, thank you all. I really appreciate you, uh, all the good vibes. I can't tell who that is. It just says Facebook user. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess last words, go forth and do things with love, including dance. Um, you can find me on Instagram at For the Love of Bachata. We also have a Facebook page called For the Love of Bachata. Um, you can find me on Facebook, Jessica. You got to put in DJ Tay before Taylor because there's too many Jessica Taylors. Um, and then of course our website for has all the, you know, like the local classes. It has the podcast, mm -hmm. it has the blog, it has the online classes. So feel free to check that out. Absolutely. And, you know, honestly, Jessica, thank you again for coming on. Big shout out to you and your podcast. I definitely can't wait to keep hearing more of it. And honestly, I thank you. I thank everyone tuning in tonight and also everyone that will be tuning in in the future. This has been episode 127 of the Live Discussions with Diamond podcast. I'm Diamond here with Jessica, DJ Tay, Taylor, and this has been another amazing episode. Everyone, have a great night. Stay safe, and we will see you soon.